Uh, let me just give you a brief history uh, and mention about this date, March 6, uh, 2020. I can remember March 6, 2021. That was a Saturday preparing for the very first in-person worship service here in this place. So March 7, 2021 was the very first in-person service here. And I, I did not plan this. I was wearing the same polo. I was wearing the same. And that's, uh, that's normal kasi umiulit lang naman yung, yung, yung polo ko. But that's, that's an amazing uh, reminder that we have come full circle. I remember that when we did that, uh, there were just a few of us because it was a, you know, a challenging time still. And even then, as we were excited to have an in-person service, once a month palang last year, after that first in-person service, we had ECQ. <laughs> so we had to shut down everything again. And uh, the Lord is good and we are now here uh, hearing his word. So we are uh, going through a series in the book of Ephesians. So if uh, you are familiar with the, the book, um, you can read it in your own Bible or uh, you know, you can download an app, uh, look for the book of Ephesians so we can follow through uh, our series uh, today. We are now already on the chapter 3. Uh, this is the letter of St. Paul to the believers in Ephesus. Uh, and chapter 3 is almost halfway of, uh, of our, our series. And the title of our series, uh, of our sermon today is The Mystery of the Gospel revealed the mystery of the gospel revealed you know when when we hear the word mystery i think you know many people are interested what that sounds or feels like uh, the word mystery appears 23 times in the new testament 19 times of its appearance it was used by apostle paul 19 times so basically, Paul mentions mystery a lot. And that's, that's because the Christian message is such a mysterious message, especially from a first century uh, worldview onwards. I mean, it, it came to the point that when people talk about Christianity, they don't have a category for it. That's why. Uh, Christianity at that time was categorized as atheists. They don't, they, they don't have a category for them, for, for Christians. So that's why they're called atheists. Because they're not, they're not sure if it's Judaism version 2.0, because it's coming from the Jews. And they're not sure if it's polytheistic, which is the predominant religion at that time, many gods. Pero hindi, hindi siya many gods kasi they're just talking about the one true living God and Jesus Christ as the Son of God and then the Holy Spirit. So Trinity lang, hindi siya polytheistic. It's one God in three persons. So medyo, medyo, medyo uh, mysterious and, and, and confusing to some. So to help clarify some of this confusion, Apostle Paul simplifies the mystery of the gospel, his very message as a missionary. 
and uh, he provides these believers some encouragement about the message that they believe in. And that's the, the big idea of the passage that we have today. That's the big idea. Ano yung uh, mystery of the gospel that he has been preaching and how it's revealed to us. Pero kapag binasa mo yung passage, like uh, Sam read it very well, Honestly, <laughs> you don't know where where it's going really, right? It's 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 difficult to to understand, but you know, to to help our 21st century mind understand Paul's argument in chapter 3 verses 1 to 13, let me break it down into four descriptions of the mystery of the gospel. All right? Four descriptions of the mystery of the gospel. And as we look at this passage, what I hope is that we will see how this is relevant to you and me today. This is relevant to you and to me today. All right? So let's go uh, at these descriptions one by one. Number one, that this, the mystery of the gospel is exclusively revealed by God. It is exclusively revealed by God. When I say exclusively, there's, you cannot have it any other way, right? Look at the emphasis of Paul in this letter as to how he got hold of this mystery. It was graciously given to him. It was made known to him. It was a mystery that was not made known to previous generation. It has been revealed. Revealed, not discovered. Revealed, not earned. Revealed, not as a reward. It was revealed by whom? By the one who holds the key. So, you know, you, you need to keep that in mind because Apostle Paul is not just a, you know, a regular guy. He's a well-educated man. He's a Pharisee, well-versed in the Torah. And basically, if you are well-versed in the Torah, you know a lot about the God that you worship. And so saying that this mystery is not the product of his research, of his education, or his tradition, that it was given to him, is such a big deal. So when... When we use the word mystery, especially in this passage, I mentioned Paul mentions mystery a lot of times. He mentioned in this passage three times already. Yung paggamit niya dito ng mystery, it's in the sense that this is not something that you can, uh, that you can solve on your own. The mystery of the gospel was not something that he solved. God has showed him the way. So friends, we need to grasp the fact that the good news, the gospel, yes, it's a mystery in the sense that it is unsolvable on your own effort. Unsolvable on your own effort. No one can crack this mystery unless God reveals it himself. So God holds the key to the gospel. The good news is 
He has graciously given and opened the door to whomever He chooses. You know the good news about that? Even if you are not an expert of the Torah, even if you are not a scholar, you can understand the gospel. You can understand the gospel. Even if you are a child, you can understand the gospel. Here's a, a, an encounter of Jesus with his disciples. When Jesus was asking his disciples, Ano bang sinasabi ng mga tao tungkol sa akin? Who do people say the Son of Man is? So the disciples said, this is in Matthew 16. Well, some said, you're John the Baptist. Na-revive. Na, na some say you are Elijah. That return. Others say you're Jeremiah or one of the prophets. But Jesus said, but who do you say? You disciples, who do you say I am? Of course, you have Simon Peter who's always you know, active and, and very vocal. You are the Christ, the Son of God, Son of the living God. You know what Jesus said to him? Blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah. That's Bar Jonah. For flesh and blood, meaning human effort, has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. Look at the difference of the background of Peter and Paul. Paul is a, a law, a, let's say a lawyer and a teacher and a Pharisee. Peter is a fisherman. In fact, and description sa kanya sa, sa Acts, idiotes, agramatoy, unschooled. And yet they come to the understanding of who God is not because of their effort, but because God has revealed it to them. What does this mean for you and me? Well, because God is the one holding the key, we do not have a say as to who should enter it. We cannot say, ah, itong person na to, maintindihan niyo yung gospel. Ah, itong person na to, baka hindi. We cannot function as the gatekeepers of the gospel. And for some, if you feel like you're the, on the opposite end, be encouraged that whether you, you, you more relate to Peter or you more relate to Paul, be encouraged that you can understand and appreciate the gospel when God graciously opens your, the eyes of your heart. And that's what we uh, have learned two, two, three Sundays ago. The yung prayer ni Apostle Paul that may the God uh, open the eyes of your heart so, so you will see, you reach the richness of God's grace in your life. Pastor, ibig sabihin ba nito, I should just wait for God to make the mystery of the gospel become clear to me? Can I just sleep one night? Then everything becomes clear when I wake up. Like there's a you know, light bulb moment and everything is just, wow, I know everything. Well, yes, there is divine revelation. God initiates 
uh, revealing the gospel to us, but there's a human responsibility that also comes into play. Again, look at that passage, the first five verses, that God has revealed this mystery and he used the means that is accessible to people. Ano yun? In the Old Testament, the prophets. In the New Testament, it's the apostles. God used ordinary means for us to have access to the gospel. The, the only, uh, the only uh, similarity to all of that is it was given by the power of the Spirit. So friends, ibig sabihin ito, yes, God must open our eyes, God must uh, open the door for us to understand the gospel, but how can we expect that our eyes be open to the gospel if we do not place ourselves in a position to receive this revelation through the means that God has already given to us? You know, many times the difficulty of articulating the gospel is not because the gospel is difficult to understand. It's because we have limited ourselves with the means that God has already provided for us. Let's, let, me, let me say that in plain words. We are not opening our Bibles. But the promise of God is that as we, as we uh, allow these means to speak to us and allow the scripture to speak to us, he has he's graciously and, and gladly revealed himself to us. He is not a God who hides from us. He is a God who joyfully displays himself to his people. All right? So, again, we cannot know the, the, the gospel in a life-changing way unless God opens the eyes of our hearts. And the good news is that God has already opened the door. And as God has revealed to us the gospel, ano yung madidiscover natin? What will we discover? Well, we, know, we will know, we will discover that this mystery is all about Christ. And I will spend more time here uh, in, uh, among all the four descriptions. This is the second point that this mystery is powerfully fulfilled in Christ. Look at verse 4 and verse 5. When you read this, you perceive in my insight into the mystery of Christ, which was not made known to uh, the older generation. It has now been revealed by the apostles and the prophets by the Spirit. Verse 11, this was according to the timeless purpose of God that he has revealed or realized or fulfilled in Christ Jesus our Lord. Brothers and sisters, at the very core of the gospel message is not a code of conduct, but the very person of Jesus Christ. It's not a list of do's and don'ts. It's not a mantra 
the very core of the gospel message is the person of Jesus Christ. And that's, that's one of the biggest differences of Christianity among other religions or worldviews because the key figure is also the focal point. In other worldviews, world meron kang personality or key figure and then meron siyang message. This time, Jesus Christ in Christianity, in the gospel, Jesus Christ is not merely the messenger. He is the message of the gospel. And the beautiful thing, as, as we see in, this, uh, in the scripture, what Abraham and Moses and Joshua and David and all the Old Testament prophets, they saw in glimpse, they were looking at a keyhole. To understand the plan of God, you and me right now, along with the, the New Testament believers, we see it in full view because of Jesus Christ. We see it in full view. You know, people love to find mysteries, right? We love um, uh, mystery novels or movies. And people love to find mysteries, especially in the Bible. I don't know if you are familiar, but there's a, you know, a, a, a secular study, pseudo-Christian study about the Bible being a code. And once you crack it, it will tell you the mysteries of the world. Na kapag kinalculate mo yung numbers of the Hebrew letters, i-rearrange mo, you know, it will not work for me because I'm bad at math. <laughs> But if you, if you do that, they say it will give you some dates in the future, right? The, the, the Bible for some people is, you know, a mysterious book to tell us, uh, you know, end time uh, predictions. And many have tried. Many have tried and many have failed. As if Jesus did not say himself, that no one knows. If Jesus said no one knows the time, why are we still even attempting? You know what? You know, this is this is more this is more normal, more frequent. People look at the scripture, look at it as a mystery, that when I crack it, my life will be successful. That when I read it, it gives me some ideas on how I will be good businessman, that I will be a, a, a successful student, that it will give me some principles in life. You know, if these discoveries do not point to Christ, then we miss the point of the mystery being revealed to us. And you don't have to take my word for it. You can listen and hear from Jesus himself. It was he who said in John chapter 5, you search the scriptures thinking that through them it will give you life. You know what his testimony is? These scriptures testify about me. And he's not just talking about Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. In fact, at that time, wala pa yung gospels na yun. He's talking about the Old Testament. He's talking about the Torah. 
the Nebiim, the law, the Ketubiim, the prophets, those Old Testament uh, uh, books point to Jesus Christ. Here's another statement from Apostle Paul in another letter in, in Colossians chapter 2. And I'm using the NLT here for, you know, uh, for quick understanding, quick clarity. I want them, them meaning the, the, the church in Laodicea, to be encouraged and knit together by strong ties of love. I want them to have complete confidence that they understand God's mysterious plan. And what is that? Christ himself. Christ himself. In him, in Christ, lie hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. Friends, Christ himself is the treasure, not the way to receive the treasure. You know, this is such a powerful message that it changed the life of Paul. Dun palang sa passage natin, you can see how it shaped his identity, how he identifies himself as a prisoner of Christ Jesus. Bakit? San ba siya nakakulong? He's a prisoner of Rome. And yet he understands that he is a prisoner, a bond servant of Christ Jesus. It defined his purpose that he is to be an apostle to the Gentiles even if he is a Jew. It comforted him in suffering. That's why, you know, the end of our passage says, no, I don't want you to lose heart even if I'm suffering. I'm encouraging you to not lose heart even if I'm suffering. It comforted him because he understands the power of the gospel is fulfilled in Christ. Here's another testimony of him. In, in 1 Corinthians 15, uh, verse 1, he said, Now I would remind you, brothers and sisters, of the gospel I preached to you. And what is that? Ano yung gospel? Sabi niya, for I delivered to you as of first importance what I received. And what is that message? That Christ died for our sin in accordance with the scripture, that he was buried, that he was raised on the third day in accordance with the scripture. Friends, if you want to summarize the gospel, this is it. So if the focal point of the gospel message, Jesus Christ, as we see in this, uh, in 1 Corinthians 15, if the focal point of this message is alive today, then I can trust the claims of this message. I can trust it. Of course, there are some objections. You know, Christianity is irrelevant because it is based on an outdated message. It comes from a culture that is irrelevant to me now. Why would I believe that? Well, my merit yung objection na yun. Listen to me. My merit yung objection na yun. If the main proponent of this message is dead, 
But because Christ is alive today, so the message, because the message and the messenger is alive today, it remains relevant. It remains relevant. Here's a, a, a deeper uh, objection. Well, kaya naman irrelevant and doesn't make sense yung Christianity is because it's based on a fictional character. I cannot believe that Jesus really is a, a historical figure. There's no such person as a historical Jesus. It was all a fabricated story. Well, there are historical accounts that you that uh, that is outside the scripture. Kasi sinasabi nila, well, of course you will say Jesus is alive because yung ang basis mo yung scripture. Eh. There are historical accounts admittedly does not mention always Jesus, but they there are tremendous historical accounts of what happened in Jerusalem because of Jesus. Because of Jesus. Do you know Nero is a historical figure? Nero went crazy because of Christians. And Paul, Apostle Paul is a historical figure. He's a real person. So was this person's transformation and his mission and all his writings and doctrine based on manipulated story? Do you think he would go through all that suffering for a lie? Why would thousands of people who believed Jesus in the first century defy Rome and chose to die a horrible death for something that is not true? You know, all they needed to say to not experience that is to say, I retract my statement. I was wrong. Joke lang pala. They can just say that and they're safe. They will not be executed. But they would rather die. You know, either these people were crazy, they were deceived, or we need to be open to the possibility that what they believe is true. And that's how the, the mystery of the gospel is powerfully revealed in Jesus. It has the capacity to, to, to transform a person's life. And I genuinely believe in this. I genuinely believe in this. And so because the, the power of, of, of the gospel we see fulfilled in Christ Jesus, you know, the recipients of this fulfillment is all believers. And this is our, our third point today, that the mystery of the gospel is equally enjoyed by all believers. It is equally enjoyed by all believers. Also, Paul says in our text, this mystery, so basically, sinabi niya na yung, yung, yung mystery. Ito, ito na, sabi niya. Ito na, this mystery is that the Gentiles, meaning you, the one I'm writing, 
our fellow heirs, members of the same body, and partakers of the promise in Jesus Christ through the gospel. You know, that seems to be a no-brainer for us today because that's basically, that's why we're here, <laughs> right? Unless you're, unless I'm, uh, uh, unless you're a Jew that's joining us here, I'm assuming that we're all Gentiles praising God, the God of the Jews. So parang no-brainer itong message na to, but Think about that from the perspective of those who are hearing this for the first time. This was good news to those who thought they were second-class citizens in Christianity. Na ang Christianity, exclusively for the Jews, add-on na lang yung Gentiles. Kumbaga, o oh, sige na nga, sama na natin. Kawawa naman sila eh. Kumbaga, overflow lang. Hindi ka kasama talaga doon sa original, overflow ka lang. Let me give a little bit of historical background. During the first century, and even you know, around 300 BC onwards to the first century AD, yung identity mo, yung religion mo, yung destiny mo is tied with your family and your culture. And I'm saying that because that's a, a, a different, Our, our experience is quite different. We are such an individualistic culture. Like even if you come from a, uh, you know, a, a family of a well-off family, you can be poor. Or you can, if you're coming from a, a, a family of doctors, you can follow your own destiny. You can define who you are. You can say who you really are when you feel like it. But that's not the case in the first century. A world. You are your family's legacy. You are your your culture. There's no going out of it. So, big sabihin. Let's say, for example, if you were born in Ephesus and you were born in a merchant family, that will probably your work be your work. You name work more because it's a port city. And because you were born in Ephesus, your religion most definitely without, it's automatically assumed that your religion is polytheistic. You are worshiping many gods. In fact, you are going to the temple of Artemis regularly. Assume na yun. Hindi, hindi ka papipiliin ano ba talagang religion mo. Na pag, pagdating mo ng 18 years old. It's not the case. It's assumed that this is your You belong to this culture. This, this is who you are. This is your identity. You know, the beauty of the gospel is that it does not simply remove you from, from that culture and puts you in another. And I mentioned this, uh, I mentioned this last week, but uh, for those who were online, so I'll explain it a little further. Uh, you did not catch this because our internet connection was cut off after the first, <laughs> after the first point. So uh, I'm hoping it's it, we're alive and, and connected well. Ngayon, all good. But again, you know, sidebar lang. I cannot guarantee that our internet connection will always be good. But I can guarantee you won't have any problems with that if you're here <laughs> in person. <laughs> 
Sidebar lang, sorry. <laughs> so, ano yung sinasabi ko? <laughs> Yan, so, the beauty of the gospel is hindi ka lang, hindi ka lang uh, inalis dun sa culture mo tas ilalagay ka to a new culture na na hindi ka naman connected. So, Gentiles, when they become Christian, they don't become Jews. And Jews, when they become uh, Christians, they don't automatically become Gentiles. You enjoy and you you remain uh, your, old, your own culture, but what the gospel does is widen your sense of belongingness. You're no longer limited by your culture. You now belong to a household that is far bigger, that is far greater, that is far glorious than your own culture. And you are now in equal footing as the rest. Basically, Paul was giving emphasis on what he already said in chapter 2 when we talked about this last week. Ephesians 2.19, so then you are no longer strangers and aliens, but fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God. Pastor, I understand that's good news for uh, first-time hearers and Gentiles. They realize, wow, really, I'm, I'm part of this family. I, I know that. What does that mean to me today? Well, here's what that means. Friends, you are not an afterthought. You are not an afterthought. I mentioned earlier that there were people here on March 7, 2021, and many of you were not part of that, right? But that does not mean those who were here last year were better than you. We are in equal put, uh, putting, enjoying the, the grace of God towards us. Friends, that's the gospel. You know, when I prayed and prepared, when, 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 when my wife and I went to uh, the City to City Intensive, we were praying uh, what, you know, what this church plant will look like. I don't, ha- I don't have an idea. I don't have a face of who will come. I had some hopes of people I hope to be part of it. But I did not know. I did not know. But God does. And has brought you here. Friends, if you feel like in the church, especially in a new, in a new church, if you feel it's an awkward thing, if you feel like you do not belong, let me tell you, you are in the right place. You are in the right place. Actually, uh, maybe about 80% of, what, of, of who are here in person have seen each other maybe once or twice. Unless if you're family or relatives. So everyone is new. <laughs> this church is also new. 
And because all believers of different culture, different tradition, different background can enjoy the mystery of the gospel equally, this leads us to our fourth and final point, that this mystery is gloriously expressed by the church. Let me read uh, verse 10 and 11. And I'm using, again, uh, New Living Translation here. God's purpose in all this was to use the church to display his wisdom in its rich variety to all the unseen rulers and authorities in the heavenly places. When did he do this? Verse 11. This was the plan all along. This was the eternal plan which he carried out through Christ Jesus our Lord. You know, it means God intended the church, Jews and Gentiles alike, to be the means to display the beauty of the gospel. We cannot expect it from the government, even if the government is Christian. We cannot expect it from a school, even if the school is Christian. We cannot expect it from an NGO, even if the NGO uh, has Christian values. God has appointed the church to be the means to display the gospel. And this was his plan from the beginning. Friends, you are part of that plan. Pastor, how can that happen when the supposedly biblical church is in a mess right now? There, were, there are scandals. There are divisions. There are confusion. How can that happen when the people in the church are a mess? You know, let me give you an encouragement. I don't know if this is an encouragement or a, a wake-up call. The biblical church has always been a mess. Has always been. When you look at the churches in the New Testament, you look at the Corinthian church, they're in a mess. When you look at the Christians in Galatia, they're in a mess. When you look at the seven churches in Revelation, they're in a mess. You know why? Because the church is filled with messy people. Messy, imperfect people. So how can we display the beauty of the gospel when the people inside it are such a mess? Well, the, the gospel is beautiful and compelling not because we have sanitized lives, not because we try so hard to protect the brand name. The gospel is beautiful and compelling because the people inside it, all types of people, all types of sinners are called to repentance. The church, you and me, not just the supposedly gifted, eloquent ones. You and me, 
God intended us. This is where the gospel is displayed. This is where the gospel is both proclaimed and practiced. And we display that. We display the beauty of the gospel through our repentance in our faith, in our Savior. We display that when we serve one another. We display that when we forgive one another. We display that when we love our neighbors. We display that when we humble ourselves before the Lord. We display that when we make difficult counter-cultural decisions to follow the Lord. Friends, people will see the beauty of the gospel. People will understand the manifold wisdom of God. In fact, actually in our passage, hindi lang, uh, it is not just displayed in the natural plane, it's also in the supernatural plane. The angels will realize the gospel is true. You know, that's why, you know, uh, Jesus mentioned about how the angels uh, rejoice at one person uh, returning because they don't understand the gospel. They see that in, in people. They see how the gospel transforms the lives of people. We see the, again, we see the beauty of the gospel in the church and people will see the beauty of the gospel in us when we point them to the beauty, majesty, and sufficiency of the head of the church, and that is Christ. So let me just give, you know, as I end this, let me leave you with something to think about and maybe a call to action. The, the bottom line of this passage is that the, we have the good news that the main point of the Bible is no longer a mystery to you and me. It's no longer a mystery. Christ has come to save sinners. That's you and me. That's, that's the misery unraveled already. And we must resolve in ourselves whether we believe that or not. You know, we can live our lives as if the truth of this gospel is not true for us. Maybe it's true for religious people, we say. Maybe it's true for you know, well-behaved individuals, but not for me. We can live our lives that way. Or we can even spend all our lives proving that this is false. Proving that, we, that this, is, this, this story is all fabricated. You can spend your time in all of those. But think about this. Think about this really hard. What if the claims of Jesus about himself are true? What if the warnings of Jesus will come to pass? What if his promises will be true and will be fulfilled? What if he really was born in a manger? He lived a perfect life. He died on the cross. What if he really did resurrect? 
And what if he, it is true that he rules as king today? What if those things are true? Here's more. What if he is really coming back to set things right? To judge the living and the dead? What if all those things are true? Friend, if you are a Christian, shouldn't that affect the way you live today? If you're a Christian, if those things are true, shouldn't that affect the way you live your life today? Or if you are unsure of your faith, if you are not sure to call yourself a believer, if those things are true, shouldn't this be the most important decision in your life? Because this spells not just your destiny here, but your destiny for eternity. I hope that this, will, this truth will grip our hearts and it will shape our life today. Let's pray. Father, we thank you that the gospel is, is known to us today, that we no longer have to strive to discover it, that you have graciously revealed in your scripture the beautiful message that is the gospel, that Christ has come to save hell-bound men and women. Lord, help us grip and grasp the truth of the message of the gospel. Open our eyes, open our hearts. Help us see that as believers, we enjoy its, its fullness with other believers as well. Help us see, display the beauty of the gospel, not because we are good, but our Savior is good. Help us rejoice in the righteousness of our Savior. And help us see that this, a, this is message is a life-changing reality for all of us in all the world. We praise you for this message. In Jesus' name, amen. amen.